Good evening and welcome to another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Schwabdahl. C70 is about at C70 on Twitter with me this week again is David Jones from iPop Editor uh, coming to you Palm Sunday evening, but also the after the first set of games, real games. We've had real games this week, David. I mean, last week this time we were just kind of figuring out the roster and now the Cardinals are two and one and destined to set all sorts of offensive records for from all time, right? I mean, that, that seems to be what we're going to say after three games. <laughs> yes, it's it's great to finally have baseball back. It is finally here. It seems like each off season is just longer and longer than the one before, although last year was longer for other reasons. <laughs> uh, but it was so good to watch baseball. And yeah, you know, after that first game, there's that thought in your head like, ooh, are they going to go 0-162 this year? Like, are, <laughs> will they win any games in the series? Can, will this, ah, you know, what's going to happen here? And then you see two bounce back games and think this offense is really good. And, you know, now I'm ready. Like you said, I'm ready to see them set all the records, all the offensive records, uh, you know, look out 400, look out triple crown, um, you know, Nolan, Ted Williams, Gorman crushing the ball, but it, it's been fun. Uh, it's, it's fun because baseball's back, but it's fun because winning is fun too. Yes, that does, that does make it good. And, you know, there are some times where like, and, and you still can say this, of course, right? But it's early, blah, blah. And it's, it can't get much earlier in the season than the first three games. But the Blue Jays are a good team. Um, I mean, unless something really goes sideways, this is a team that should be in contention, if not the favorite, for the AL East, which is not not like saying the AL Central. You know, it's, it's a good, tough division. This is a good, tough team. And the Cardinals... I mean, if Ryan Helsley is Ryan Helsley in that first game or Jordan Hicks is Jordan Hicks or, you know, number of other reasons, they could have easily swept the series, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, I think that's that's kind of telling too, right? I mean, they didn't go out there and beat up on the Tigers and look good. They beat up on, you know, I mean, this could be, it's not impossible to say that this could be the first team that the Cardinals see and the last team the Cardinals see. They could see them in the World Series. So, this to to come out of the gate so hot against a good team is is really impressive. Yeah, and you know, I, I wasn't worried that they were gonna lose all their games this year or anything, but when you look at the matchups before the series starts, that's where you see the deficiencies in the Cardinal starting rotation, and mm-hmm. you see that the Toronto top three are pretty good. And that made me a little worried coming into this because I thought I could easily see the Cardinals going. Oh, and three. Now they're going to pick it up, especially when you start, you know, getting better matchups. But I thought, you know, just starting off the season when everybody is, it's, you know, our best versus your best, that pitching wise, Toronto had the edge. I felt in all three games, um, kind of like how Milwaukee, when they put their best three out, you know, it's really mm-hmm. tough to beat them, uh, but you can get to them in other ways. But yeah, this easily Cardinals could be three and oh at this point. Um, so I'm, I'm very happy with where things are. You know, I'll take the whole Tony La Russa thing about taking two out of three at home. Uh, I'm just fine with that, uh, because this is not a bad team they were facing. I don't think we're looking at a bottom dweller this year, or a tanking team. This is a team that, sh- and I'm talking about the Blue Jays. This is a team that should be in the playoff. So to take two of three, even taking two of three at home, put me on board. I will take that. You know, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I think that if they can win every series this year, they're going to be pretty good. Um, you know, I, I think that you know, winning two out of three every for the rest of the year, you know, 
I don't know if anybody else can beat them if, if they do yeah. that. And if they do keep it on in the playoffs too, I yes. think they'll walk home with a trophy. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm on board with that. I'm sure. Fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it was fun. I mean, we haven't seen this kind of, it's one thing to see Brendan Donovan hitting home runs in spring training, right? Because it's very easy to say that's spring training and blah, 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 blah. All the, all the caveats that we give to anything that happens in spring training. But for him to hit two home runs in three days against, you know, a good pitching even, right? I mean, Chris Bassett's a good pitcher. The first one he hit us was what? It was off Alex Manoa, right? So, you know, he hit quality pitches against quality people and hit them out of the ballpark. That makes you start thinking this really truly is a new, I don't say a new Brendan Donovan, but maybe an upgraded Brendan Donovan. Yeah, and the way he's doing it too, like now today's swing, first pitch, I mean, he just crushed it. But some of them, both in spring training and then his first home run, it almost just kind of looks like he's just putting the bat out there, dropping the bat head, just not much to it. And the ball is going out. And so I, I guess that's probably part of that new swing he has working on launch angle and things like that. But it almost seems effortless. And that's really good to see because it's not like he's just getting lucky. It's showing he may not even get you know the perfect part of the bat. He may not barrel it completely and he may still hit it pretty hard. And we're talking about a guy that had five home runs all of last year. Uh, right. Do you want to take the over or under on five <laughs> home runs going forward this year? Well, I, I will say that if he doesn't hit five home runs, this is going to be a little bit of a disappointment now, right? I mean, <laughs> but I mean, it happens. What was it? What was it? Tuffy Rhodes that one year hit three on opening day, and I'm not sure if he hit ten the whole rest of the year. I, I, I you know, I have to look it up. But um, so it can happen, but. Yeah, I think with the, with the the changes he's made that, yeah, you, you start looking at 10 to 12 home runs. And when you put that with the rest of his game and then you put that with the rest of this offense, you know, it just becomes more and more, more and more clear that pitchers don't get that day off, right? Especially with Wilson Contreras, you know, taking the, you know, getting the injury and, you know, missing one day, but not being out for any extended time back today in the lineup. So you know, one through nine and, you know, the first people, first couple people off the bench, even this is a very strong lineup. The pitchers just don't get a chance to, okay, I'm going to pitch around this guy because I want to get to the next guy to get out of the inning. They really can't do that because anybody can bite them. Yeah. Do you think you mentioned this? Do you think for Donovan, are you putting him in the 10 to 12 home run category? Do you think that's where he is? I think so. I, I think he, I'm going to put him in the 15 to 18 group. Oh, really? Um, I don't know why, like, my numbers are, you know, my numbers are more expansive than yours on that. <laughs> I think that's cheating. But yeah, I think he could hit 18. I think, I think 15 is going to be his floor this year. Hmm. Um, could be wrong, but hey, I'll take 15. I'll take 20, whatever he wants to hit. I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he wants to hit 50, we'll <laughs> let him, you know, right? I mean, that's, just the kind of the way the things go. But, um, and I guess, I mean, and that's the thing. He's, he's been one of the stories, but then you get Nolan Gorman, right? Two home runs today hitting, you know, drove in two runs yesterday. Um, and again, another guy that, you know, did kind of, he was one that kind of looked a little bit lost last year, had really kind of lost a little bit of the shine on his prospect status. Cardinals told him to go work on XYZ in the, in the winter. He worked on XYZ 
and it has definitely translated. I, I loved his at bats today. I loved his approach so far. Uh, you know, so many people are calling this guy a bust at t- 21 years old. He's 22 mm-hmm. now at 21. When some college players are still playing, people are calling him a bust. We're hearing about his name being involved in trades. People are wanting to throw him in a trade for nobody. I just didn't get it because he's got so much potential and now we're starting to see it. I mentioned at the beginning about the Cardinals uh, being more aggressive, um, or at least we talked about this off air. He's one that has not. He has been very patient at the plate. It it looks like the difference between a rookie and a seasoned vet compared year to year. He's been very patient. He's had great plate discipline. He's laying off that high fastball that he struggled with last year. Last year, he walked 28 times and 313 plate attempts. This year, he already has four walks. He only has three strikeouts, and his on base percentage is a ridiculous 615. Now, we're talking only three games, mm-hmm. but just watching his body of work so far, he looks like a completely different hitter at the plate. And I think he is set for a breakout year. But you mentioned that was one of the stories. And before we got on here, I was trying to think like, what is the story? Like, who is the story? For the Cardinals right now, coming into the season, it was Jordan Walker. We talked mm-hmm. about that constantly, but I thought, what is, who is the story? And I couldn't come down with a name. Gorman, you know, he might be there, but I think the, the whole thing is the story is the offense. We're seeing it from everybody. Everybody, with the exception of maybe Tyler O'Neill, has a batting average right now that's above what it should be um, or what it will be, I should say, by the end of the season. Um, but the, the offense is the story. These guys are hitting the ball and they're hitting the ball so hard too. Yeah. The Cardinals are in, in major league baseball tied for second in uh home run. Well, now they're tied for f- fourth in home runs, but they're one behind the leaders, you know, three people with seven, they mm-hmm. got six. Um, they are first in average. The team is hitting 373, which is insane. Um, they are second in OPS behind the Orioles. They've got OPS over a thousand. But what is most telling, I think, about this whole thing is then you you, you sort by strikeouts because you start to expect that with all this power, they're going to be, you know, middle of the pack with strikeouts. They have had 19 strikeouts in three games. That is the least in Major League Baseball. So, you know, if this idea of you know putting the ball in play and you know hitting the ball hard. Uh, it seems to be it seems to be working pretty well for them, and and you know yeah, they're going to run into some pitchers that are you know make them look foolish. They still haven't faced their you know soft tossing lefty yet, so maybe maybe that's <laughs> still out there. But you know to run up against, it, especially like I said, first day Alex Manoa, not only is a guy that could you know it's been talked about winning a Cy Young, but they staked him to a lead. Right, he was up what three to nothing or something like that really quickly. And he couldn't hold it, but I mean, he couldn't hold it like an inning or something against this lineup. And, and, you know, maybe you chalk up some of that as we might, when we talk about Miles Michaelis in a little bit, uh, to opening day jitters and being a little bit of a routine and blah, blah, blah. But I think a lot of it, as we saw again with, with uh, Bassett today, and even Gaussman, who didn't give up as many as these other two, but is a guy that has shut the Cardinals down completely before, um, you know, they're going to beat up on anybody. Yeah, I this is, I guess, the best offense I can remember, at least on paper, since the MV3 years. Yeah, 
Um, and even then, I think this offense has more depth there. I think you were kind of top heavy and then you kind of bottomed out a little bit. But this, it's really weird. And I know part of this is because I'm still not used to the DH. Right. But looking at it top to bottom, I don't feel like there's a weakness. I mean, even getting to Tommy Edmond, who had had some struggles today, didn't look great in some at-bats, still hits the ball hard, still finds the holes, gets on base. And when he gets on base, he's going to run. I I just love it. And, and, and what makes it even better is now with the pitch clock, I feel like I can never look away for even 10 seconds because I might miss a bomb out of the park. <laughs> and you don't know who's going to hit it. It could be anybody in that lineup that might put it out of there. Uh, but it's really, really fun. And, you know, I, I'd really not like to have to win like, you know, 12, nine games or get football scores in there. But I think this team can do it if they have to. I'm really going to be curious to see what this offense looks like as they continue to face more aces. Um, they're not going to face Strider when they face the Braves, but I'm curious when you somebody like a Corbin Burns, how are they going to look against him? How are they going to look against a Verlander or a Scherzer or something like that? Right. Can they continue to put up? It may not be nine runs, but can they put up four, five, six runs? I think they have the potential to if everybody stays healthy. Yeah, yeah, I think they they definitely can, um, and it it will be very interesting to see. And you know, like I said, this you're right. This is a team. So often in the last few years, there's been at least one, probably up to two or three spots in the lineup that uh, they may not have been black holes, but they were pretty close at times, right? I mean. Yachty's offense over the last couple of years had definitely slipped and he still was there for defensive purposes. And, and you needed that. I'm not saying that he was a, you know, a lost cause or anything, but the upgrade from him to Wilson Contreras offensively is significant. Um, you know, with Edmund, you know, if, if Tommy Edmund's your worst one, you're doing pretty well. Um, so that's going to be a very interesting thing. It's also going to be interesting to say, and I know we talked about it some last week, but we'll talk about it again because I know you want to. Um, Dylan, how they use Dylan Carlson. Uh, Carlson didn't play in the first game, which was a little bit surprising to me. I really thought, uh, and I talked with Blake Newberry on Meet Me Unusual last night. We kind of agreed as well that, you know, in opening day, I thought that Carlson would pinch hit for Walker in one of those last at bats. They were kind of pressure situations. You don't miss, you know, get a guy that's a vet, a more of a vet. Um, and then he can go in and play defensive purposes. They didn't do that. Um, he came in for defensive purposes on Saturday, but didn't get to bat. And then he of course started today. Um, is it, you know, do you read too much into a guy that doesn't play two days in a row or is this an indication that, you know, maybe Carlson is really the odd man out. Well, the fact that Burleson started before Carlson did speaks volumes to me. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe that's nothing, but to me that tells me he's ahead of Carlson on the depth chart. Now, Newt's injury, and I will say we haven't mentioned Newt yet, yeah. and that's because even though he's been out, he hasn't been missed. Um, nothing yeah. against Newt, but no. his offense hasn't been missed because of where they've picked up. I mean, they didn't start Newt or O'Neill today, and they were fine. Pretty crazy. But yeah, with Carlson, you know, it's one of those things that uh, I don't know where he sits right now. I feel like there must be stuff going on behind the scenes we don't know about. I hate to speculate that, but I, I just don't know. It seems like he's in the doghouse right now. Um, I was looking for him on milk cartons this week, <laughs> wondering where he was. But 
He gets in the game today. His defense looks good. Catches a couple, you know, low liners, little difficult plays at the plate. Three for four. Now, a couple of those hits were not rockets, but he put the ball where it needed to be. And one thing I really liked is that he wasn't trying to do too much. Um, When you're coming off the bench sometimes or you're trying to prove yourself, it can be very easy to press. And today it looked like he was really letting the game come to him and reacting naturally. I'm hoping this means that we will see him play more. Maybe we're going to see kind of a regular rotation. Um, I know Ali wants to have Walker in there in the tough situation so he can get accustomed to him. But I will say, when you have never played the outfield at Bush Stadium and you get thrown out into the outfield on Bush Stadium on a sunny day when the wind is blowing – that is not a great atmosphere for your first time out there. No. Not to mention, I mean, now Walker, he's had to play the outfield three day games in a row. That's that's just not going to happen again. So I was a little surprised to see Carlson not replace him earlier on. Um, he's gotten in the games now, depending on the severity of Newt's injury, which it doesn't seem to be very severe. I'm curious when we'll see him again, but you got to think three for four can't hurt. Um I think he needs to play. He needs to be in there against righties, but I don't get to make the lineup. No, no, I, I agree. And I, again, it's, it's so hard to, to really judge. I mean, some of it is coming off of spring training, of course, but it is hard to judge after three games because some of it is matchups. Some of it is, you know, others need to be in whatever the case may be. But I, I think that's something to just to watch, especially over the next week or two. You know, if if he's still not play, you know, if he's only playing one out of three games, then you know that might be kind of that might be kind of telling. I don't, you know, and again, then what do you do with him? Um, you know, is it it's not a situation you're sending him to Memphis or anything like that? You've already got Juan Yepes, who's in a simpler similar situation, you know, playing in Memphis because of this. So I, I don't know, um, but it, that is something to watch. Now, for all the good vibes um, that the offense provided. The pitching staff, not as many. Um, you know, you had Miles Michaelis, who, you know, gave up like five runs, I think, in his five out, five innings or whatever the case may be. Did not look like the Miles Michaelis we have been used to. You have Jack Flaherty, who threw a no-hitter in his five innings, but walked seven guys. And then you have Jordan Montgomery, who... Pitched pretty well, from what I could tell. You know, listened to him. He gave up. You know, had, kind of ran into trouble in the second inning after getting staked to that early four to nothing lead. But you know, it's the Blue Jays. They're you know they're probably going to put together something. So, you know, the starting pitching we knew was going to be an issue. We were hoping that the offense would be able to overcome it. So far, they have. But what's your take? I mean, who did any any of those worry you, or are you just going to write it off as maybe a rough start? All of the above? Uh, can I say that? <laughs> you can. I don't think any of this surprised me. Like this, we knew this has been a concern coming into the season, and so I don't think we expected anybody to go eight innings and give up two hits and zero runs and strike out fifteen. But it is concerning, even if it is somewhat expected, because they're not going deep into games. And the issue that I'm seeing over and over so far with the starters is that they cannot put away hitters once they mm-hmm. get two strikes. They can get a guy down 0-2, and, and then they're going to take seven or eight more pitches and may even walk him. It's getting their pitch count up there, and we've got the bullpen that's already taxed after three games. You just you cannot do that. 
especially when you don't even have an, another off day until April 6th. And so, yeah, I, I'm concerned about it. Um, I don't want to overreact to it or freak out about it, but I think this is about what we've seen. Um, Flaherty's game, you know, it's, if you absolutely love Flaherty, you're talking about how he pitched a no hitter. If you absolutely mm-hmm. hate Flaherty, you're talking about how he walked seven and hit one. If you're a sane person, you're kind of somewhere in the middle where it's like, you know, we'll, we'll take the escape artist. Uh, but Ooh, that was a little freaky there. I don't know what to think yet other than, yeah, this is kind of what we expected, but hopefully they will rise above this. Um, are you freaking out? Are you jumping off the ledge? Where, where are you with this rotation right now? I don't, yeah, I don't think so. Um, we've seen bad starts to a season before and then people, you know, second time around, even get back into that little groove. Um, you know, and like I said, I, I don't, I think Montgomery is was a game. Again, I didn't see it. I listened to about two or three innings, but for what I could tell, was you know kind of kind of more in line with what we expected. Um, Flaherty walking seven was concerning, but you know there were some significant elements in play there. Right, a cold blustery day that did not help anything. Um, I worry. It ironically worry less about Jack Flaherty walking seven than I did Jordan Hicks walking three. <laughs> um, you know, that's just part of the deal. So I, yeah, I mean, if, if we're talking after three or four starts that these guys are still putting up the same kind of results, even if the Cardinals are winning, you know, if the office is, is bailing them out constantly, then, then I think we've got some significant concerns first time through, you know, I don't like it. Um, you'd like to see better, but you know, you take, you, you can give them a little bit of leeway. I think of that way guard. Um, especially Michael is because like I said, opening day has got to be a weird thing to pitch, you know, a lot of adrenaline, you know, your, your routine's different. Everything's kind of, kind of a mess. And then, you know, you want to go out there and do so well because you've got this, you know, fresh new season. And I think that's just a good indication that you're going to lay an egg. Yeah. And with Michaelis, I thought there was kind of like a, maybe a silver lining, but at the same time, kind of like not so much. And the soft contact was ridiculous against him. I mean, Mm -hmm. He was sawing off the handles, you know, blue pits galore. I mean, just so unlucky. I think his ERA right now is like 13.5 and his FIP is like 1.33, which only one game, but still it just, it shows what kind of what happened. However, and you know, I say that's the silver lining. The however to that is we have talked for years about the Cardinals need to have strikeout pitchers in their rotation. And they just don't have that. They have guys who can pitch to contact. And that's what happens when when you pitch to contact every once in a while, you're going to have these games where these little blue pits fall in and drop and things like that. Because simply you put the bat on the ball, sometimes good things happen. And so Michaelis, I don't think he's ever going to have another game like that. Um, But it does happen time to time. Flaherty, I was... My biggest concern is when his velocity dropped and he was not even hitting 90 miles per hour in the middle innings. And I thought, okay, tomorrow we're going to hear he's on the IL for shoulder issues. And then his last innings, he was hitting 93, 94. So I don't know if he was aiming or what it was, but at least that happened. But yeah, with Montgomery, you are right that after, you know, it was a little disconcerting to me that he started the game well, and then right after the Cardinals score four, he goes up and gives three back. And I thought, you know, you you can't do that. You have to shut things down. 
but he did look a little bit better as the game progressed. He didn't look like that shutdown pitcher that we saw when he first came over from the Yankees, Mm -hmm. but he did look a little bit better. Um, Still, I'd love to see a guy go at least six innings at some point. um, Let this bullpen just have a little bit of breathing room, especially because we don't know when Gallegos is even going to pitch. Yeah, it it is interesting. I mean, and that, you know, leads to a discussion that, you know, the first game probably goes different if Gallegos is available, right? I mean, they use Hicks differently or they definitely don't leave him out long enough or, you know, maybe I think they even said they were talking about, you know, using Helsley in the eighth and Gallegos in the ninth, perhaps if he had been available. It feels like if Gallegos isn't ready tomorrow, and there was some indication when I was listening earlier to the game that they weren't sure he might have been available today. So that it seems like it's like one of those not he's real close, I guess is what I'm saying. But if he's not ready by tomorrow, you got to figure they're going to probably start looking at that injured list because, you know, there's a lot of guys. And they were fortunate today because it didn't, you know, we got a big lead, didn't have to worry about it as much. But, you know, there were, they didn't have a lot of options today. You know, if it had been a close game, you know, who are you going to go to? You know, um, so they're going to probably need an arm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think that's big. I think that's the biggest question right now, now that we know that Wilson Contreras is back is to figure out when Giovanni Gallegos is actually going to be available to use. I, and if he's not tomorrow, it really feels like they make a move. Yeah. It, hopefully he's fine. You know, we've talked about this with Baldy Young, but you know, back issues and things of that nature, you mm-hmm. just, you hate to hear about them. It sounds like his is more like a little bit of a tweak, Yeah, but those things can take some time to heal and it can pop back up again. Uh, but yeah, Jordan Hicks's performance has been a little bit scary so far yeah. because it is a repeat of what we saw in spring training. I will give some credit to Packy Naughton. I was pretty critical <laughs> of him on last week's show. He did a great job today filling in those innings and he was efficient, which is exactly what the Cardinals needed. It would have been pretty terrible if he had to get pulled. And I don't know if it would have been Zach Thompson or who would have been somebody had to come in and actually pitch but I feel like him and Stratton did a good enough job to get them through the game to make things happen. Um, but yeah, you, you feel that hole right now with one guy not being available. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like it should be that big of an impact, but when you've had to go to your bullpen so often, it does make a big difference when there's somebody who is scratched from the bullpen each game so far. Yeah. I, I can't imagine the Cardinals went into this game thinking that they were going to, get four innings out of Stratton and, and Naughton, you know, but that's kind of the interesting thing about this bullpen is there are guys that can give you that kind of length. Um, if you had to, which you don't usually use a Stratton or a Naughton this way, but you can use them that way. And there's other guys, Palante, others, I mean, Palante had pitched the first two games, so obviously he was out today, but you know, they said, he's that kind of guy too, that can give you two or three innings if we need to, um, without running the risk of ruining like, Hennessy Carrera, who never has been the same since he threw those four innings against the Cubs. But, um, so yeah, but, you know, then now you turn around tomorrow, both of those guys are unavailable. Um, you know, maybe you've got the Hickses and the Palantes back, but again, how much, how, you know, can they pitch it three out of four days? You know, how long, how often can they do that? Yeah. Gallegos is going to be, it's going to be really, really kind of key. I think to getting him back, um, and, and giving another arm out there or like you said 
we could see a pitcher go six or seven innings and not, you know, <laughs> not put that burden on, on the bullpen. If you were to guess who the first starter to go six was going to be, who would you go with? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think it happens in the next two games. It's going to be Woodford or Bats. I, mm, man, that's a tough Atlanta lineup, though. I, I'm going to say it's Mats. I think Mats mm. is the first person to do it. And I think Michaelis does it the game after that when he's facing TBD, who has <laughs> been pitching in the majors for many, many years. Yeah. I mean, TBD, you, you never know what you're going to get out of him. Um, <laughs> but, he does. I mean, he, he, every year you look up and you're like, man, has this guy not retired yet? But <laughs> he still seems, and, and, and he bounces around so often. I mean, you see him on, I think everybody's rostered before the end of the year. I mean, it just, it, I, I don't know. Not a clubhouse presence that they like. I, I something like that. I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I was going to guess Matt's too, just because I think I'm really interested to see what Stephen Matt's does. We saw a really good spring out of him. And I don't know that we're going to see, a guy that's a number one or a number two starter. But if you can get a guy that's a number three pitching in your number five spot, that's pretty good. Um, and so I'm really, I'm really excited to see what he does. Now, maybe that excitement won't be long lived. We'll have to find out, but I'm kind of, I kind of feel like this would be the situation where he's going to step up and, you know, get three or four strikeouts, you know, get a lot of ground balls. And, you know, all of a sudden you look up and it's this, you know, he's getting an out in the seventh or something like that. So um, I'm very interested to see about that. Is there anybody else in the bullpen? We saw Ryan Helsley kind of scuffle on day one, then came back, pitched an inning and two thirds in day two with no problems. Is there anybody else besides Jordan Hicks that has concerned you out there? Uh, Helsley always does when he looks off on the first batter. I, he's mm-hmm. one of those guys that I feel like after three pitches, I can tell if he's got his good stuff or he doesn't. Um, and so it's nice to see him back out there again, looking good outside of that. I've been okay with how things have gone. You know, the opening day stuff, I, I kind of try to throw it out the window a little bit cause guys are amped up. Um, it, it just, it's a different type of environment. So Hicks is probably the number one you know, guy goes with his injury, of course, mm-hmm. but I've been pretty happy with everybody else, including I think probably the only person we haven't mentioned. And that's drew Verhagen mm-hmm. who has looked nasty out there um some of the pitches he throws just like they make my head explode because i'm like how does anybody ever hit this guy (laughs) because of some of the nasty movement on his pitches and his curveball and then i see fastballs as straight as an arrow and i'm like oh that's why but uh he has looked really really good too so yeah hicks is the biggest concern right now i don't love seeing him used in high leverage situations um yeah, but outside of that, it's Gaio Gosa's injury, and then I'm pretty good with the rest of the guys. It really does feel like to me um, that there's a pretty solid chance that by June, Drew Verhagen's the seventh inning guy instead of Jordan Hicks. And Hicks is kind of maybe a little bit of a fireman, you know, it's not like you can bring him in when you need a strikeout because he doesn't necessarily do that as much as you would expect with the, the pitches that he has. But I, I don't know how you, how you use him otherwise, but you know, because he is, he's, you know, then there are nights where John, Jordan Hicks is just dominant, right? I mean, he can just, you know, shut everything down. It just, 
it doesn't feel like there's too many of those back to back at times. So I'd have to look at the numbers and I'm probably recency bias and all that kind of stuff. And he's probably done that more often, but between pitch count, between walks, uh, between, you know, less strikeouts than you would think it does feel like they're, it's difficult to see more than one or two really dominant outings in a row. So I, I'm, I don't know. I'm very, I think the, you know, the bullpen is going to be in flux all year long because that's what bullpens are, but how that back end, I, you know, the way we're hanging his pitch, if that continues, it's going to be really hard to keep him out of high leverage situations. Yeah. And I'm going to throw another name in there too. I think Zach Thompson has the mm. stuff that he could be seventh, eighth, or even ninth inning guy. If you know, Helsley can't do a back to back. I'm having some kind of a flashbacks to Kevin Segrist when he had a couple of those really dominant years. Now it helped that there was no three batter minimum there and you could throw him in against lefties and just watch him dominate them. But I think Thompson has some of that nastiness too, that um, I think he may fit that situation as well. Eighth inning, ninth inning when you need him. Um, So I've been impressed with him so far. I kind of wish we would have seen him yesterday, but uh, he's got some really good stuff and I want to see more of it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they use him. You know, or do they keep him for the lefty matchups, you know, or use him in situations where they're likely to see, you know, it could be like a ninth inning that with two lefties coming up that they go to him. Um, but yeah, he's been, he's been really good. He was really good all, pretty much all, all of last year, every time he came up and, you know, spring training and everything like that. So definitely a guy to also keep an eye on. So, you know, it, it's, it's three games. But, man, it feels like we checked a lot of boxes, and there's not a whole lot. I mean, if they'd lost all three, we'd have a lot more concerns. And I think we can acknowledge this team's not perfect, but it has a real good potential to be really fun this year. Yeah, and, okay, let me just, you know, because to find something negative to talk about, (laughs) and, and this isn't even negative. This was just a curious thing that came across my mind. Are you surprised that we're not seeing the Cardinals attempt to steal more bases given how successful teams have been so far this early in the season? Um, well, some, yeah, but you know, then again, they've had so many extra base hits that it is, you know, sometimes difficult to go steal third or, or something. Um, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, Goldie's got one, right? So they're obviously open to it. Um, you would think there was a little bit. I know that the, you know, I think what I say that what did I see the stat after opening day, there was only like two two people that were caught stealing, and one of them was from Wilson Contreras. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, which was nice. Uh, although he gave up a stolen base today. Um, I, yeah, I think that's just going to be. I don't know. I mean, also we talked about nineteen strikeouts. This is a team that's been aggressive. It's not giving a whole lot of opportunities for somebody to go steal. Um, and so they may be willing to, you know, just let the line rotate. Um, because I think Tommy Edmond and Brendan Donovan are your guys that are most likely to steal. And Donovan's hitting the ball out of the ballpark and Edmond hadn't gotten on as much. So I, I, I think that's something to watch. But, I mean, is that something that's concerned you? No, it actually hasn't. Um, <laughs> it was one of those nitpicking things. I was just trying to think, yeah, what can we find? It hasn't. There was a point today where Edmund was on first base and I thought, 
why is he taking off for second? And I started typing in my phone, bring up something about stolen bases. And then he stole second on the next pitch. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, we saw Jordan Walker also have a steal, which he kind of belly flopped into second. I'm like, come on feet first, feet first, feet first. <laughs> up, hadn't learned um, that yet. And then we even saw Contreras take off for third and the ball was foul, but I think he had third base stolen easily if he would have gone. So I, I'm not concerned about it. I mean, it feels like every time I looked up, Cardinals had first and second, first and third, you know, things like yeah. that. And so not exactly the prime base running situations. I mean, we don't want Contreras running too much. You don't want Arnado running. We haven't seen Edmund have tons of opportunities. Same with O'Neill and Newt. I feel like those guys are going to take advantage of it when they get those chances. But right now, you know, you get the big guys on. I, I don't think we want to see Burleson trying to steal third base. Um I could be wrong, but I, I mean, just it depends on the situation. Being, I mean, yeah. it could be entertaining. Oh, entertaining. Yes, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, you know, if you're up nine to four in the eighth, <laughs> then okay. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then Goldie gets a baseball to the head after that one. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm not concerned whatsoever. I, I thought they might attempt it a little bit more, but when you're hitting the ball like that, yeah, there's yeah. sometimes the opportunities just aren't there. Yep. That is fair. That is fair. Um, yeah, I thought there was something else. I think that's that's really about all we could say, right? I mean, there's there's not much else to to complain about. Uh, but you know, I'm sure we'll find something next week to <laughs> to be mad about. Uh, but it's how about it's, our it's, MVP candidates not having any home runs yet? Yeah, I mean, uh, what's come up on, with that? You know, do they know who we traded to get them? Oh. Ah, it's just it's so hard. And I mean, yeah, sure, no one's making you know routinely great plays again over third base, but you know. <laughs> And Paul true? Goldschmidt's just slamming doubles into the gap. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, come on, guys. There's a fence out there. Hit it over. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, they just they look like they're doing what they were doing in the World Baseball Classic. They're hitting the ball yeah. hard. Um, it's cool seeing the velo, uh, you know, over 100 miles an hour on so many of these guys. It was mm-hmm. nice to see Walker's double today. Not only did he hit the ball hard, but his launch angle was different from how it's been lately. And he's getting more into that range that you want to be in to hit the ball out of the ballpark. So just another plus, it looks like he may be on the verge of hitting one out soon. So you're calling a, a Jordan Walker home run this week. Uh, I didn't say that, but sure. Yeah. He will get his first against Atlanta. It's coming. I will think he's going to get it against Milwaukee. Better, better hitting environment there. So, <laughs> I'm um, assuming they don't run into like all three of their, I don't know what the patching matchup is for next weekend, but assuming they don't run into, you know, Burns and Woodruff and anybody else. Although, you know, occasionally every once in a while they go and beat up on those guys too. So, um, yeah, I do know that the, uh, the Braves have Dodd who's a lefty pitching in game two. And so Walker might possibly sit that game and we don't know who's pitching game three yet. So, there's a chance he could face two lefties and I just look like a dummy. But then again, I also said there was no chance he was making the team. So what do I know? Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, about as much as I do. So that's, that's fine. So, um, yep. All right. Well, we'll talk about it next week. We'll see what, uh, the, what they can do against the Braves and the, the Brewers. I mean, this is a significant, you know, a significant test right out of the gate. I mean, one, it's kind of good to play these teams before they get a chance to really get settled in, but it's also good to get these teams out of the way. Right. You know, you don't, you know, especially now this year where you're going to be playing um, Milwaukee just four times instead of six times. 
Um, you know, the Braves, you'll play them twice like you normally did, but you got them out of the way. And the Blue Jays, you've already done with them. You don't have to play them again. So, you know, to get some of these bigger teams out of the way is, is kind of nice. And hopefully they'll have a good week. And, and when we can talk about, you know, some sort of nitpicky thing next week. <laughs> yeah. And we're catching the Braves without Max Freed as well. Yep. There's no Strider in there and Freed with that injury. So maybe they can do a little beating up on them. Morton wasn't great last year. Let's, uh, Another two out of three, I would take that easily. Absolutely. All right. Well, we will be back at it next week and talk about it. So until then, for David, I'm Daniel. Good night. See ya. Hey, Cardinals fans. Thanks for listening to this week's show. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on iTunes. Just search Gateway to Baseball Heaven under Podcasts and click Subscribe. While you're there, feel free to give us five of those little gold stars or even a quick review. And tune in next time as we break down another week in baseball heaven.